welcome to Reader's Table, the podcast where two story lovers talk about books, movies, and stories of any kind. In today's episode, we are going to discuss The Stand by Stephen King. If you want to support us, use our Patreon link in the description and follow us on Instagram at Reader's Table. in time for the spooky season we chose a book that totally fits the theme of fall of pumpkin season the horror season it's the stand by stephen king i have the book right in front of me but i haven't read it yet and i can also see that it is now a cbs all access limited series which i also haven't seen but nick here knows what the story is about so do you want to tell us what exactly The Stand is about? Yes, I would like to talk about it. I finished it only yesterday. It's been a wild ride. It is a big book. In the literary circles, we call that a chunky boy. Um, or at least I do. And yeah, you know, whenever I see, uh, you know, with the spooky season, whenever I see a fat spider somewhere, I say, hey, that's a chunky boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right, to get to the book. It is around 1,000 pages long, and I say around 1,000 because there's actually two editions of it, or two versions. There is the original version that came out in 1978, and then the unabridged, uncut version, which came out in 1990. So I read the 1990 version, and the interesting thing is that the 1990 version is changed so it fits the 1990 setting. So the first edition or the first version that came out basically is set in the 1980s or 1980 and the second edition or second version that came out later is based in 1990. If you're interested in picking up yourself, uh, I would say by the latter. I've heard and read that the uncut version or the 1990 version is the better version because it has more stuff in it and it's the original way Stephen King intended for it to be read. Um, the edition that I read is the one that came out as a bundle last year with the new series that is based on the book. Um, and it has 1,211 pages, if I remember correctly. So if you're into big books or never have read that big of a book, this could be the first one. This could be a challenge. So the book itself is post-apocalyptic sort of dark fantasy is what it says online. I don't know if I will call it dark fantasy because it has fantastical elements. However, it is set in the real world and therefore it feels realistic and grounded. Um, it is not a series. However, Stephen King is kind of special. All of his books are set in the same universe, in the Stephen King universe. And it's kind of like Marvel where you have like these different stories. They're not necessarily tied together, but they happen in the same world. So you have things and themes that are reoccurring. So if you're into Stephen King and you've read some of his books and you'll read The Stand, you'll notice that. If you're not, maybe you're going to be confused um, every now and then, but it's really small bits. It's more like Easter eggs every now and then you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from the other book. So I think that's pretty cool. I'm just quickly going to summarize or try to summarize the main idea of the book. I'm not going to spoil what happens in the latter part of it. There is a security breach in a high security military testing facility somewhere in the US and they are basically creating this bioweapon, an enhanced and deadly version of the flu. Now, obviously, it's very timely with COVID 
And that's why a lot of people are picking it back up. And that's why I got into it as well. So this security breach that happens basically makes the flu virus that is being created in this testing facility escape and people get infected with it. And it is very, very, very deadly and very contagious. So much actually that over 99% of humanity dies within a short amount of time and that's like days only. However, there's a few people that are immune to this disease or seemingly so, they don't catch it, they don't die. And those remaining people then are left on this post-apocalyptic world. The focus is the USA. So other countries aren't explored, but uh, you could expect that, you know, pretty much the whole of humanity is eradicated. So we follow some of these survivors and we get to see their journeys in this post-apocalyptic world. And then something weird starts happening. People are starting to have dreams. One dream is about Mother Abigail, a 108-year-old black woman. And this dream is very warm and nice and it's becoming and people like it and feel safe. And the other dream that they have is about a man that's called the Dark Man, Randall Flagg in some cases. He has different names, different iterations. So people dream of these two figures. Uh, Mother Abigail is the good figure. The Dark Man, Randall Flagg, is the bad figure. And yeah, people start finding communities around these two figures and building them. And then they are confronted with each other to kind of fight over who's going to preside in this post-apocalyptic world. Is it going to be the good or the bad? So it's a huge epic story about good versus bad. And that's what it's about. Is it a typical good versus evil where the good wins in the end? Or do we as readers also find different nuances? Yeah, the, uh, the book was inspired by Lord of the Rings. Um, as I said in the fun fact in last episode, if you listen to it, if you have not, go listen to that. It's really good. Um, in the Lord of the Rings, you have this classic battle of good versus evil. The evil people are just evil. Sauron is just evil. And the good people are just good, you know. And there's some nuance to it, but that's kind of it. And Stephen King got inspired by that, and he wanted to write a similar epic tale in a modern setting. So with fantastical elements, but with the USA as a backdrop instead of Middle Earth or any other fantastical world. So in that sense, it is, as it's inspired very heavily by Lord of the Rings, it is a classical tale. I'm not going to say how it ends or what side wins, but it is pretty clear cut who's good and who's not good. However, there are some characters, and as always with Stephen King, I've read a few of his novels and a bunch of his work. His character work is really fantastic. You really get into understanding the character he shows everything you know like the good and the bad so it is very nuanced in the characters sometimes so on the grand scale yeah it's classic and then character wise it is more nuanced so i myself know stephen king as a horror author and i'm not really into horror but this sounds more realistic as you just said and i'm wondering um if i were new to stephen king what would i get out of this book reading it now during covid would that change me as a person what does it do with me as a reader? That is a loaded question. A lot of <laughs> layers. Um, I don't know if The Stand would be my recommendation if you are not into Stephen King or if you've never read any of his novels. Because it is big. So I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know how that would feel if you are not into Stephen King. You don't know how he writes and what he writes. And if you just think it's horror. The cool thing about it is 
it has so many themes that it explores. It has horror, it has suspense, it has realism, it has um, this sort of quest-like adventure feeling that you probably get from reading any fantasy story that is similar to The Lord of the Rings. You know, you're on a quest, you're on the road. Yeah. It has a bit of romance, it has really disgusting things in it, and that's the, the strength of Stephen King. Like, you see all his facets and what he can do of a situation like that as a writer is amazing. As for how it could change you, how you view the pandemic, the first half, the first 500 pages was really focused on realism. It was really focused on, okay, we have the real world, we have real people in it, we have this virus that's potentially real. What would it look like if that ex escaped? What would happen? And everything is covered from media coverage, how the government handles it, how the military focuses on it, how the people view it. Um, it's eerily similar to what we experience with COVID. Like it's just hits really close to home so much that you would think, well, I'm glad that it's not that lethal. You know, I'm glad that COVID is not that lethal because everything else seems pretty similar. How the government reacts, how politicians talk about it, how the media coverage is. And it makes you think. It gives you an insight into how these things might be developed. I'm just wondering, as a reader, do you also take sides? Because I sometimes do it, or maybe there's a character that I start to really like, and then, I don't know, he dies or she dies. And then you, you're on the verge of putting the book away, but then you think, ah, I need to know how it ends. How was the character-reader relationship for you? And just in general, and also, did you see yourself in one of the characters? Stephen King, as I said before, does such a great job, in my opinion, at giving you a character and letting the character evolve and, and showing you all the facets of the character that you can easily identify with anyone. It has a lot of characters in it. And a lot of these characters I could identify with to some degree, some more than others. But because you get all these facets of them, you can see like, okay, I didn't like this person before. I didn't know, like, I didn't get that person before. Now I get that person because I saw this facet and I see myself in that person. So there's many people you can identify with. And therefore, the reader-character relationship is very tight and very intimate, I would say, because you get a lot of intimate moments with these characters. You get a person that is really good, and then something is revealed to you as a reader that might be a bit like, oh, you know, <laughs> that character maybe has also some flaws. So a really great um, character work, as always. The one character I identify most with, I would say, is probably Larry Underwood. Larry Underwood is a guy that is a musician before the... What? Sorry, I have to laugh here because I know Carrie Underwood and she is, I think, a country singer. Okay. Yeah, he is, he's not a country singer, but he is a singer. And he's one of the main characters, I guess you could say, one of the people that get center stage. He struggles with himself, like uh, this, his own identity and stuff like that. We all have that. And he has so many facets that I think I sort of tended to feel like him. Uh, or feel like I could identify with him the most out of them all. But they all have things that you can identify with. Somehow, when listening to you speaking about the novel, I'm like, oh, I want to read it, but then I know it's Stephen King. And I'm I'm starting with Salem's Lot soon, so I hope, because there is some vampire stuff in there, and that's something I can maybe like. like. Uh, but still, uh, I have a huge amount of respect for this author just because I see how much he writes and then I hear what he writes about and the complex human emotions. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm also excited to finally dive into his universe. <laughs> um, talking about universe, I am always interested in the world building. Because now we've talked a lot about the characters and their intentions, good, evil, and the pandemic. How does an apocalyptic world look like in Stephen King's words? It is hauntingly realistic, maybe so. Because I have to say, as I've said in the beginning, I, I didn't know much about the stand. I knew what it was about, roughly. So there's also supernatural stuff, but... As a whole, it is really rugged and really dirty. And you get some games or movies or even other books, maybe, that do post-apocalyptic stuff. And it's always like, oh, that's dirty and you have to uh, fight for yourself. But it's kind of cool because it's like survival and stuff. You don't want to live in the stand. Like, it's it's pretty, pretty uh, clear cut for me, at least. I read it and I'm like, yeah, no, that sucks. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is gross. But it's also beautiful in a way. What I really liked, for example, was how he described New York um, as the pandemic hit and most people were dead. New York is creepy. I don't want to be in a big city like that because all these big buildings echo your voice when you say something and all the noises you hear, like you're in a man-made canyon of metal. It felt so alive and so realistic. So the first half of the book mainly is so realistic and it's just you know, gory and whatever. And then the latter part is a bit more fantastical, has a bit more fantastical elements. Um, it is very dark. I hope that answers your question. Taking it back to the current day, were you scared of our pandemic? As for COVID, not so much. Luckily, uh, COVID is not as deadly and as contagious as it is in the novel. As a whole, it's scary because... At the end of the book, I guess, like when you've read it, it falls into the background a bit because it's so long in a good way that you kind of forget the first part and you kind of see how people form their own community and it's beautiful and you get the sense of society back and, you know, like people coming together and helping each other. And and that kind of makes you forget all the lonely and ugly stuff that happens in the first half. But when I think about it now and when I was reading it, the sense that I had was a sense of dread, almost, you know, like, it's too real. It's almost, things that happen in the book is almost one for one what happened in the real world of COVID. So it makes you scared, like, in the sense of this could be real. What if this happens, you know? It makes you worried and it makes you feel dreadful and suspense and this is pretty scary. And it's also genius that he was able to write this in 1978. And now people are picking it up all over the planet saying, man, this sounds just like what is happening right now. How do you even get to that idea and make it so realistic? That seems very fascinating to me. So Stephen King, I know you've read quite a few Stephen King books and watched his movies. I want to know for the readers, which book do you recommend on starting with? Because you said it's a whole universe and the stand might not be the best way to get familiar with him i haven't read all of his books that's too many uh, maybe one day who knows i want to read more stephen king obviously the book to start from the ones i've read would be the shining if you're into horror um the stand could be for people who like fantasy maybe who are into big books and big journeys like epic stories and you want to dive into a world and you know learn about the world itself it 
is also a good novel oh God. <laughs> to start. It's probably his best that I've read so far. Um, yeah, I also think if you are really wary of Stephen King, if you're not sure if it's for you or if it's like you're too old or too young or whatever, maybe start reading some of his short stories. He has a lot of short stories. He has a lot of short story collections. If you you know want to see if you like his writing style, you can also pick up a short story collection. For everyone that just heard me go, oh God, I just hate clowns. That's why it is really nothing I will ever touch. Anyways, nowadays, gender and diversity is a very important topic. And I think back in the days, it wasn't so heavyweighted. So how is Stephen King working around that in this novel, but maybe also in other novels? Is that addressed? If so... Is it well-addressed? And would also people, in the case it weren't well-addressed, still enjoy reading a novel like this? Obviously, a lot of Stephen King's novels are dated in the way that they're well, from quite a long time ago. I mean, this book came out in 1978. That's a while ago. <laughs> That's over 40 years. So therefore, one can make the argument that historical context is important. I, for myself, in my experience so far with Stephen King, find him to be, in some cases, a bit too tropey in the way that he characterizes maybe women. Um, but not in all cases. The reason I'm saying this is because I've heard on the internet and I've come across on the internet people talking about how he writes women and how they're one-dimensional and, like, you know, sometimes they're, like, viewed as just oh, the sex objects that are in the kitchen and... I don't agree with that. One of the reasons I can point out what that I said before is Mother Abigail. Mother Abigail is a black woman in America in the 80s originally, and then in the 90s, and she's 108 years old. So she lived through the First World War and through the Second, and there was a lot of racism going on in that time. Sadly, still is today, but back then she fought for her right to have land and she fought racism, and you see that in the novel. And this is a novel that came out in 1978. So he does a great job at showing that she's a strong woman and she's independent, you know. So it is a valid question. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that Stephen King knows his flaws, but he also just writes what he thinks is right and what he understands his characters would do not what he thinks he would do in the character shoes he really lets these characters live in his head and really explores okay this character has this backstory what would they do in this situation realistically not what i want them to do you know maybe they do something stupid maybe they do something racist or something sexist i don't know um the stand has a lot of very uh good characterizations of women has a lot of bad characterizations of women too, but the same goes for men too. And it just shows that he doesn't pander, he just made what reality is. You know, people are assholes when people are assholes. It's not based on what ethnicity you are. It's not based on what gender you are. So women can be cruel in this book and bad and maybe one-dimensional, but so can men. So there's good and bad on both sides. But I wouldn't say it's terrible. And um, you could definitely enjoy this. Thanks for answering this question pretty thoroughly. Now I think we can come to the likes and dislikes. What did you like in particular when reading this novel and what did you dislike? What I liked about this novel was, I already said it has a lot of different elements, like 
horror, suspense, thriller, drama, romance, and action sometimes too. I really like that. It has a big variety. It never feels out of place. It feels like it has its place. You understand why this is happening. It's not like, oh, for the sake of showing off what an amazing author I am, I'm just going to make some suspense now or some thrilling, you know, horror elements. I really love that. And it all comes together so beautifully in this epic story. What kept me going was not the story at large, but the characters and how they fit into it and how they, you know, what is going to happen? Are they going to meet up? Are they going to be the good guys? Are they going to be corrupted? Are they going to die? Um, all this character work is great as usual, as, as Stephen King does. It is very intimate. And this diverse cast of characters that we have um, in this book, I really cared about. Speaking of characters, I really liked two characters specifically. I really liked Tom Cullen. He's mentally disabled, but he is very important to the story. He's just really interesting as a character and how he's written and what he can do and how he navigates the world from his point of view. And he is kind of on the road for a pretty long time with a guy named Nick. <laughs> and it may sound a bit narcissistic saying that Nick is one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character. But that's not because of the name. He's a deaf mute. And I never read about the deaf mute in a book. How do you write a character like that? How do you make that person interesting? I don't want to say that deaf mutes aren't interesting, by the way. Okay? No one, please get offended. What I'm trying to say is it's a difficult task for a writer because you don't have a screen where you can show visuals. You have to write about it. How does he interact? What can he do? What can't he do? And it was so interesting to see that and to see how he interacts. And he's together, you know, he's deaf and mute and some other stuff happens to him that further kind of disables him physically. So he's physically disabled and he's together with a mentally disabled man. So they kind of complement each other. Um, in a beautiful way. That's not to say that Tom Cullen being mentally disabled doesn't have mental strengths. He does, but it's maybe not apparent from the get-go. Same for Nick. He maybe doesn't have physical strengths from the get-go, but he does. The dynamic of these characters, um, I really love. It has a high reread value, is what I would call it, which basically means I want to read it again probably in a year. I also really like that it's set in the real world, so you get the realistic drive and the realistic feeling. And you also get to learn about the world and, and about geographics in the USA. And I really like the ending. A lot of people say that about Stephen King novels. His biggest weakness is he doesn't do endings well because he cares so much about situations and character much more than plot. I disagree. In this case, the ending is great. I love it. So what I didn't like is due to the length of the book, sometimes um, the character-driven parts can feel a bit drawn out. You understand by the end of it why this is the case because it does such a great job at getting you into these characters. Another dislike I have is the villain and some of the bad guys are not explored that much or they are but then they're falling flat because the latter half of the book focuses on the good side more than the bad side which makes total sense from a narrative point of view but still I would have liked to see a bit more of who the villain actually is and what he's capable of etc. I also think that the second act is a bit slow. I understand why, but it just dragged a little bit. Quite some likes and dislikes, but I actually enjoyed what you got out of the novel. And now I would also like to know whom would you recommend this novel to? I think it can be read by anyone. If you're a Stephen King fan and you haven't read The Stand, please 
do yourself a favor and read it. It's amazing. If you're into epic fantasy on a large scale or dark fantasy, it's for you. If you're into thrillers, it's for you. And it's very creepy because of COVID. So it's the perfect time to read it. Now to the fun fact of this episode. Did you know that Carrie Mulligan did not know how to drive the car until she was 23 years old? Well, I think she might need that skill for her next episode. That's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Stand by Stephen King. If you want to support us, use our Patreon link in the description and follow us on Instagram at Reader's Table.